In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we celebrate, in the words of the hymns, the good unbelief of Thomas, the Apostle. It's called good because it is an unbelief that has brought about the belief of many. Because through his request to touch the side of our Lord, this great verification of the resurrection occurred, in which Thomas was able to touch the flesh of the Lord. It's hard to fathom what a great honor this was for Thomas to be able to touch our Lord. And as the icon shows, the icon is called the touching of Thomas. It's when Thomas is touching our Lord's side. St. Romanos the Melodist, who was a famous hymnographer of the church, he wrote a cantacium on the touching of Thomas. I'd like to start with that, and then I'll focus on a particular aspect of the gospel story today. The cantacium goes, and notice the connection between Thomas touching the sight of Christ and the burning bush and Moses. Who protected the hand of the disciple, which was not melted, at the time when he approached the fiery side of the Lord? Who gave it daring and strength to probe the flaming bone? Certainly the side was examined. If the side had not furnished abundant power, how could a right hand of clay have touched suffering which had shaken heaven and earth? It was grace itself which was given to Thomas to touch and cry out, You are my Lord and my God. Truly the bramble which endured fire was burned but not consumed. From the hand of Thomas I have faith in the story of Moses. For though his hand was perishable and thorny, it was not burned. When it touched the side which was like the burning flame. Formerly fire came to the bramble bush, but now the thorny one hastened to the fire, and God himself was seen to guard both. Hence I have faith, and hence I shall praise God himself and man as I cry, You are my Lord and my God. For truly the boundary line of faith was subscribed for me by the hand of Thomas. For when he touched Christ, he became like the pen of a fast-writing scribe, which writes for the faithful. From it gushes forth faith. From it the robber drank and became sober again. From it the disciples watered their hearts. From it Thomas drained the knowledge which he sought. For he drank first and then offered drink to many who had a little doubt. He persuaded them to say, you are my Lord and my God. Truly great is this experience of Thomas because it has brought about our faith. And as St. Romanos implies, by Thomas touching the side of Christ, what gushes forth? The Eucharist comes from our Lord's side, the blood of our Lord. And Thomas touched the flesh of our Lord. But I'd like to talk about a particular aspect of this gospel today, because if you listened closely, you would have heard that there were three times that our Lord said, peace be with you. 
He said it to the 11 apostles, or rather the 10 apostles. He said it to them two times when he first saw them on the day of the resurrection. And then again, when the apostle Thomas was with them on the eighth day, he said again, peace be with you. In the gospel, it was said three times. In our liturgy, we ask for peace at least 20 times through the course of the liturgy. So what exactly is peace? Irini in Greek. Peace is first and foremost stillness, calmness, quiet from within. In the Gospel of Mark, our Lord said to the sea when he was sailing with the apostles across the Sea of Galilee, and a storm came up, and they said to the Lord who was resting in in the prow, they said, they said to him, do you not care that we are perishing? And he stood up and he said to the sea, peace, be still. The sea is much like our own soul. There are times when it is raging with waves. There are all kinds of different turmoils going on inside of us. All these different waves crossing and crashing against each other of fear and anxiety, of worry, of anger, of jealousy, of judgment. And so our sea, our soul is like that very sea that our Lord said peace to. A word that is close to peace is that word isichia, from which we get the word hesychasm or hesychast. Isichia is stillness, silence. This is the quality of peace. Where there is peace, there is stillness. There is calmness, isichia. Peace is when our mind is no longer in control, but our noose is. When our noose informs what our mind is doing, rather than our mind with all of its swirling thoughts, constantly turning from one thing to the next to the next. And this, of course, is accomplished in prayer. Peace is a stillness that causes us to not be afraid. In the Gospel of John, where our Lord is strengthening his apostles before his crucifixion and resurrection. Here's the long narrative that we read on Holy Thursday from the Gospel of John, chapters 14 through 18. And in that, he says to his apostles, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And so we see in that that the stillness of peace is the opposite of being troubled. The opposite of fear is peace. So peace is stillness, but it's more than that. Peace is also a barometer. Now, for those of you who might not know, a barometer measures barometric pressure. What a barometer is used for is not just to read pressure, but to actually forecast. Tell what the weather will be like. Peace is that same thing. It tells us what things are like inside of our soul. Because when there's a lack of peace, that should be a sign to us. If peace is what we want, then a lack of peace means that something has gone awry. It's our indicator. Or as to use the language of Star Wars, there's a disturbance in the force. This is the way that we should be 
looking inside of ourselves. There's a disturbance here. What does that disturbance look like? It's the lack of peace, the lack of stillness. And for most all of us, this describes our perpetual state. We're just bouncing from one lack of peace to another lack of peace to another lack of peace. We wake up in the morning, we might be grumpy. And then we have things that don't go our way. And then we see others who have things going their way. And then we read about other things online that are more in turmoil or in fear and anxiety. All of these things are ways in which we don't have peace. So we have this barometer where we can say, we can look inside of ourselves and say, what's going on in here? And then we can do something about it. This is where the homily gets very practical. If peace is our barometer, how much do we not have peace? And if we don't have peace, something needs to be done. To give an example to illustrate this a little bit more, you think of a person that gets angry at you and yells at you, and you feel like their yelling is not justified. What happens inside of us? We get angry, frustrated. Or depending on our, our particular demeanor, maybe it turns into resentment. Or maybe it turns into judgment of that person. I wouldn't act like that. I can't believe that person is saying that to me. Or indignation. Or wrath even. All of these different ways in which our soul is now unsettled. So if we recognize this barometer, and we actually see it, then what can be done? What commonly is done is that we don't even notice our own lack of peace. We just act on it. That person yelled at me, I'm angry, I'm gonna yell right back at them. Or I'm gonna stew and fester about it and build up resentment. What's happened there is we haven't even listened to our barometer. We've just gone right along with whatever storm has come upon us in our soul. Rather, we say in that moment, ah, I don't have peace anymore. Then there's something that can be done. And that thing is not external at all. And this is where we so often fail. We so often say our own lack of inner peace is because of that or because of this person or this circumstance or this situation or because the day is sunny or because the day is cloudy or because someone said something they weren't supposed to or someone didn't say something they were supposed to. What are all of these things? They're all external. They're all outside of ourselves. And so we spend all of our time looking at the things outside of us to heal what is inside of us. If only that person would talk to me nicely, then I wouldn't be angry. If only my situation were different, then I wouldn't be worried and anxious. We keep telling ourselves these things and yet we know they're not true. We know they're not true because then things do change and we see, ah, I still have that turmoil inside of me because the external things are not what can heal inside of us. So first we must look to that barometer and say, ah, there's a lack of peace. There's a lack of peace. So what can I do when there's a lack of peace? Because I've described a lot of things that we do do we get angry, frustrated, we point out at other people and how it's their fault. 
But what can we actually do to acquire peace? Again, we can repent. This, in fact, is the only thing that we can do. You see, when we have the inner turmoil inside of us, the only thing we can do is say, God, I want your peace. I want your peace again. Help me. Lord, have mercy. Because, in fact, the turmoil inside of us has nothing to do with the external circumstances. Now, that might sound exactly backwards. I just said, our internal peace has nothing to do with the external circumstances. How is this? We look at the saints. Look to them. See what their state of peace is in the midst of all kinds of tribulation and turmoil and sufferings and pains. Look to our Lord in the passion which we just witnessed through Holy Week. His peace, his stillness in the face of all kinds of accusations and beatings and mockings and scourgings. The peace that is inside of us is something that only we have control over. And furthermore, we don't have control over but what we can do is seek it from God. Because as long as we look externally at all the things that are around us and how those are all the faults of my lack of peace, we will find no healing. No healing whatsoever. So peace is a stillness. Peace is a barometer of our own internal state. Peace is a gift. As I mentioned in talking about repentance, it's something that we seek from God. St. Paul, in many places in his epistles, says, the God of peace, this is our Lord. And in the Old Testament, you remember Melchizedek? He was the king of Salem, Melchizedek being a type of Christ. Christ, who is the great high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek. And Melchizedek is the king of peace. And this is a title that then becomes Christ, the king of peace. When he was in the flesh, walking in the earth, he said this himself. He said again in the Gospel of John to his disciples, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. What he's saying here is there will be tribulation. There will be struggles. There will be difficulties. There will be suffering. This will occur. But our peace is something from God. And our peace is what ultimately we desire. We so often think that we want something that is an external form of peace. I just need to have a day off. I just need to go on a vacation. I just need to do this or that or the other thing. Then I'll have peace. I just need to get my children in line and doing the right things. Then I'll have peace. And we know inside that this is a delusion, but we keep pursuing that. We keep pursuing peace in other places, but peace is a gift from God. And if it's a gift from God, how do we acquire it? 
we ask. This is what repentance is. Repentance is saying, I don't have peace, but I want it, Lord. Help me. That's what repentance is. Every single time that our barometer goes up, there's no peace or there's a lack of peace or it's starting to get stormy inside here. Every single time, every single time, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. It's not the fault of that person. It's not the fault of this situation. Not the fault of my lot in life. It is only something that I lack. It's a gift from God. It may not even be about fault. And this is where we really struggle as we're trying to find whose fault is it. Is it my fault? Is it their fault? Is it someone else's fault? But if we recognize peace is a gift, we just need to ask. When I say just need to ask, it doesn't mean, oh, I ask once and now God's going to give me all the peace I could ever want. No, it means I have a lot of messed up junk inside of me. And so when I see that rising up, ask God for peace. When I see it rising up again, ask God for peace. When I see it rising up again, ask God for peace. And I'm describing every single day of my life and every single day of your lives. We need to be looking inside of ourselves at this barometer of peace and seeking it from God. Again, our Lord says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. This is when the disciples were recognizing our Lord is going to die. Be of good cheer. I've just lost my job. Be of good cheer. I've just lost a loved one. Be of good cheer. Not as simple as that. Yet, that is at the heart of everything. At the heart of everything. The disciples were no different from us as we see in their lives in the gospel today. What does it say at the beginning? The doors were shut. Why? For fear of the Jews. They were afraid. They saw that their leader, their master, had been killed, and they were cowering hiding in an upper room, locking the doors. This is much like us. Because you see that inner room that the disciples were at, that's the inner room of our soul. Inside of us, we have all of this anxiety and fear and worry. You think of those disciples in the room, all going, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? How are we going to go from here? That's what's going on inside of us. And then our Lord enters through a closed door, and he says, peace be with you. And he says again, peace be with you. So today's gospel is really the story of our own soul. And our Lord is coming desiring to offer his peace. Do we want it? Or do we want to find the blame in other things? Do we want to keep looking externally at all the things around us? Or do we want to stop looking externally and start looking inside of ourselves? Because no one can give us peace out there. No thing can give us peace. No situation can give us peace. They might give us a little joy, but not peace. Not stillness. Not calmness. This is what comes from our Lord. So peace is stillness. It is a barometer of our soul, and it is a gift from God. And may the God of peace grant us the strength to repent so that he can grant us his peace. Amen.